In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I have a little confession to make. A few weeks ago, Father Andrew asked me if I would give the sermon today. So I began preparing and reading over the lessons for today. Then last Friday, I sat down to write my sermon. Then last Sunday, as I was sitting listening to Father Andrew's sermon, his words began to sound a little familiar. <laughs> and I thought, well, I should have been actually listening to him. I'm like, great, now I need to start all over again. But after praying about it and sharing my concerns with Father Andrew about repeating some of the things he just preached, we decided to keep the points. Perhaps it's something God wants us to be, really be sure we hear. So you may hear some things that may sound familiar from last week. Or if your mind was wandering during the sermon, kind of like mine was when I should have been listening, <laughs> maybe it will sound brand new and maybe even brilliant. <laughs> so today is a day that all football fans look forward to, right? It's a Super Bowl. It's the last game of the year, and for the players, it's been a long season. The teams went through all their off-season preparations. They went through mini camps, training camps, and preseason games. Then finally, the regular season started. And this year, for some reason, they extended it to 17 games. <laughs> and now, for the teams that were good, they made the playoffs. And now we're down to the last two remaining teams who will play for the Lombardi Trophy. But just imagine, after all the work the players had gone through in the off-season, the preseason, then regular season, playoffs, that at 5.30 tonight, or 4.30 tonight actually, one hour before kickoff time, the NFL changed the rules of the game. They radically changed how the offense plays, how the defense plays. And they made it such significant changes that the game is completely turned upside down. Well, for us fans, that would be pretty horrible to watch. I can't imagine what it would be like for the players either. But that's exactly what Jesus did in his sermon on the plain with his Beatitudes. He gave the apostles and the crowd that gathered four promises, four warnings, or blessings and curses. He completely changed the audience's worldview when he said, Blessed are you who are poor, those who hunger, or weep, or are hated for his name. In these opening words, Jesus gave them a radical new outlook of the world. He was turning things upside down. N.T. Wright stated it this way, the world will have to be turned once more the right way up for God's justice and kingdom to come to birth. And that meaning in God's justice and kingdom will provoke opposition from people who like things just the way they are. The vision that Jesus gave the apostles is the same then as it is today. The world is in continual need of being turned upside down. The gospel message he gave the disciples can be a difficult one to hear. It challenges everything about the default settings of the world. And these default settings are being challenged and tweaked in us also as we receive the same message. And as we allow Jesus to turn our world upside down, we then are to be like the apostles and bring that same message and vision to the world around us. 
We are called to bring the message and vision to, for, the living, for the living to the world. <laughs> and that world is just outside these walls. We should be praying what our role will be in sharing the difference that allowing Jesus to turn our worlds upside down has made in our lives. Now this may sound a little easier to say than it is to do. Maybe we need to radically change how we envision what it means to engage in evangelism with others. We can turn our expectations and ideas upside down for the sake of bringing the gospel to those who are in desperate need of hearing the hope and good news that only knowing God can bring. Even before we know Jesus, our hearts are seeking the peace and love that only God can bring. But anything that requires change or challenge or challenges our current worldview can seem scary or may even provoke anger in some. But don't let any, the prospect of opposition discourage you or stop you from sharing the love of Jesus with others. Jesus said in verse 22 and 23, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you, or spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. See, we're all going to encounter some opposition at times when we evangelize to others. And that opposition may be in the form of anger or hateful words because you're sharing Jesus' love with others. And if you do run into that, all I can say is, well done. That reaction is evidence that the truth of the gospel has stirred up emotions and thoughts in them. And it means you were heard. But let me ask you one question. Can you actually listen to someone? I mean, truly listen to them? Give them your full attention? See, when you sit and listen to people and give them your full attention, that in itself is a form of evangelizing. You are showing them the love of Jesus by showing them that you care enough to listen to what they have to say. And as we share the good news of the gospel, there may be thoughts that come to a person's mind. They may have many questions or concerns or burdens that they are seeking to share. But we must listen to them. I learned this lesson, how important it is to listen to people as I spent time at the Union Gospel Mission. The people there come, that come are used to people not listening to them, dismissing them, ignoring them, or just counting them as lost because they are homeless. But there have been days when someone will come up after the service and just want to talk. They may want to discuss something in the reading of the day. Or they may want to discuss what's going on in their lives at that time. <coughs> but they just want someone to listen to whatever it is that is going on that day. And then you can see when you actually truly listen to them and show them that give them your full attention, you can see their face change when you listen to them and truly hear what they have to say. 
And most times, I don't even have to say a word. I just sit there and listen to them and show them that I generally care about what's important to them. And I think that's something we can all, all of us can do, whether it's for a neighbor or for a friend or for some random person that's in the store. But don't let the fear of being unprepared stop you from showing someone the love of Jesus by showing them that you care enough to stop whatever it is you're doing. Stop looking at your phones and give them your full attention and truly listen to what they have to say. Let them know that you see them, that they are important in that moment. Now, it doesn't take any special training or college-level course on listening. It's something we can all do. But before you get too excited at how easy it sounds, our job as Christians is to listen to the Holy Spirit also in these moments and to be obedient to whatever the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do. It may be just to sit there quietly and listen, or it may prompt you to speak when the time is appropriate. So, do you think the apostles were prepared when Jesus first sent them out? I can imagine that they were not. But the one thing they were willing to do is to do whatever Jesus was calling them to do. They were willing to be obedient to Jesus. Jesus, in his sermon on the plane, was actually preparing his 12 apostles and us to go and evangelize. Cyril of Alexandria stated it this way, after the ordination of the apostles, the Savior directed his disciples to the newness of the evangelical life. You see, they weren't prepared, but Jesus was preparing them to continue his mission on earth, just as he will prepare us when we listen to his words and rely on the Holy Spirit and follow his calling. So how can we participate in that calling will be different for each one of us we all have different gifts. You can find out more about how to use your, those gifts in evangelism in a workshop we have coming up in a few weeks. Father Petta will have more details on that in the weeks to come. But now I just want to actually back up a little bit in Luke's gospel. I think I went the wrong way. Well, we'll skip the slide for now. <laughs> Technology's great when it works. But in the section just before today's gospel reading, Jesus chose his apostles to follow him. And they were a very diverse group. You had a tax collector in there. You had a zealot. You had a fisherman. And then Judas, who eventually became a traitor. But they, all things they had in common, they were ordinary men. They were not wealthy or famous or influential. influential inf, inf, you, uh, we'll skip that word. Or had any special education. They were just regular people. And you see, the work of Jesus is not in the hands of those whom the world considers great by their standards. But the work is in the hands of ordinary people just like us. And he chose the twelve to be his apostles, to be ambassadors for him. And we, are, as Christians, are called to be ambassadors for Christ also. And that, even though they were high, 
were not highly educated or trained, the one thing they did have in common, besides being ordinary men, they were obedient to what Jesus called them to do. And they were obedient when he said to them, come follow me. Just like the 12, we are a diverse group. Each one of us will have different gifts. Not every one of us will be called to be teachers at the Good News Club. But there's other ways you can support that effort. You can pray for the teachers, pray for the students and the school administrators. You can stop by on Wednesday and hand out permission slips with us. So how do you see yourself participating in evangelizing to others? Take some time, pray, and listen to the Holy Spirit. And then be like the apostles and be obedient to what Jesus is calling you to do. And step out in faith. Be bold and share the hope that we have in Jesus with others. Now this may sound again like a repeat of last week from Father Andrew when he said, <clears throat> but anyway. But God had laid this on my heart, so I think it's important and worth repeating. If we go back to verse 17 of today's reading, where it says, He came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. That first part of that verse is the important piece when it says he came down and stood with them on a level place. Jesus was meeting them where they were. He was amongst the people that sought to touch him, to be healed by him, to listen to his teachings. Now, he could have easily stayed up on the mountain and taught from up there or someplace separated from the people, but he chose to go and be amongst them and meet them where they were, both spiritually and physically. And that's a lesson we can all learn from verse 17. First, we need to leave our homes, our comfortable church surroundings, and go out into the surrounding neighborhoods, to the homeless shelters like the Union Gospel Mission, or to prisons, or wherever God is calling you to do or go, because we cannot evangelize others if we are not going to where they are physically. So we must meet them where they are. Also, when we go out, we need to meet people where they are spiritually. This is where the listening will become important. All of us are in different places in our walk with Jesus and have different gifts. The same is true for the people we encounter each day. We may run into people who have never heard the gospel, others who may have heard pieces of the gospel, or others who have know, heard the gospel, know the gospel, but have turned away from the gospel. So we need to take time to get to know these people, listen to them. Now we've all been conditioned to limit our listening to a 30-second posting on social media. But unless we take time to engage and listen to someone, how will we know where they are in their walk with Jesus? And how effective do you think you'll be if you just start blurting out scripture verses to them? especially to someone who's never heard the gospel. I'm sure that's all happened to us before, either at the store or you'll see somebody on the street corner just yelling out verses. It's usually not very effective. 
and especially to those who have never seen or looked at a Bible before. But when we meet people where they are and listen to them and generally care about what is important to them, at that moment, we are showing them the love of Jesus. And how refreshing will that be? How upside down it will all seem to them. But let's all pray to be bold and to live upside down lives and to commit to sharing the love of Jesus to those around us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs>